This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a growing network of people who believe the center of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ, and that learning to take love seriously is vital for how we practice discipleship, mission, and leadership. The Gravity Leadership Podcast explores, in practical ways, how to root our lives and our leadership in this love that holds all of us and everything together. Good day, friends. This is Matt. And Ben. And we are here to do another podcast for you. I think that's why you're here. Um, Today, we're hearing from Ty French, who is a new friend of ours. We met on social media. She's uh, a listener of the podcast, but she also has an incredible story of how she has gone through deconstruction as a woman and now as a homemaker. It's a great conversation. I hope you'll enjoy it. We just have a few announcements to make before we get to it. Yes, we do. The uh, The first is that Ash Wednesday is tomorrow, and uh, that means today's Fat Tuesday. So I hope you can enjoy some crepes or some pancakes or something like that. Um, we've got a few events coming up. Um, check the show notes for information about Enneagram workshops and Parenting and Grace and Truth workshops. Uh, places where you can uh, find us um, out and about in IRL, as the kids say these days, in real life. Um, and also, just wanted to say, we just put dates on the calendar for our two, 2020 National Gathering. We did one of these a couple years ago in October in Indianapolis, and uh, we're looking forward to doing this one. It's going to be in the Atlanta area, uh, in Marietta, Georgia, um, October 8th through the 10th. So there's literally no information other than that. That there is a time, there is a date and a location. We're working on all, all the rest of it. So uh, registration, all of that kind of stuff. But for now, just mark those dates off if you want to join us in Marietta, Georgia, October eighth through the tenth, the twenty twenty Gravity Leadership National Gathering. It'll be a fun time uh, to hang out together. I think that's about it. All right, enjoy this episode with uh, Ty French. 
Ty French, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. Well, it's our pleasure. Mm-hmm. We, this is the first time we've met Ty face to face. Yeah, we interact on Twitter all the time. She has. Yes. Yeah, you've listened. She to recommends the-, the Gravity Leadership podcast to someone once a week. <laughs> I think <laughs> I was I was see it uh, come up in our mentions to be like, oh, well, Ty's recommending the Gravity Leadership. So anyway, it's I'm nice, big nice on to have supporting you. things. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's obvious. Support. We, I, I feel it. I feel the support. And that's how you connected to Gravity, yeah, through the podcast. Correct. Yep. All right. Well, um, Ty, why don't you real quick introduce yourself? Uh, tell us where you where you are, what you spend your time doing. All right. I am Ty French. I am in Toledo, Ohio. I live here with my husband and our seven kids. Their seven. ages range. Yeah, seven. It's a big number. Awesome. Yeah, it is a big number. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sure They're you eight. get that a lot. That's probably a trope, actually, for somebody to go, whoa, <laughs> seven kids. Seven kids. Yeah. All right. So uh, their live- ages... Their ages are between 12 and six months. We have uh, mostly boys, or mostly girls, one boy, one boy who is two years old. And and it's fun. People are nicer than I would expect about our family size. <laughs> I've heard people kind of complain about, you know, taking your big family out and everybody makes rude comments. But everybody yeah. has been very nice to us. You must live in the Midwest. So. That's probably why. It, it is the Midwest. Yeah. I think there's a lot of blue collar workers and they remember growing up in big families. Mm. And so we have a lot of people say, oh, I had a big family growing up. I loved yeah. it. You remind them of their nostalgic yes. past. They're like, oh, that's, yes. I love yeah. I Every that. now and then when we go out to eat, some mm-hmm. sweet elderly gentlemen will pay for everybody's meal. Oh, oh. wow. That's, that's incredible. Really, yeah, that's really, really nice. All right. I love it. Yeah, you... Well, that's great. I'm, I'm, how many times has somebody told you the Jim Gaffigan joke about his children? We have not heard that joke before. Are you kidding me? Uh, Is this the could... one where you're drowning and somebody hands you a baby? Yes. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel that way on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> but That's why the joke's so funny. Can confirm that it's true. All right. So, Ty, you have seven kids. And what yep. do you, and, and tell me, what's your vocation? I am vocationally a homemaker. Yes. And so I'm home with them. I'm homeschooling them. So it is intense. That's like a double homemaker. <laughs> like a double homemaker. Yep. There's, uh, yeah, it's, it's intense. It's a lot of emotions. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was telling Matt, I love the new little women. Oh, I do that, too. That's a fantastic yeah. movie. Yes. It's, I felt like it really captured the, the joy and the intensity yeah. of having a larger family yeah. with girls in yeah. a small space yes. and all of the ups uh, and downs. Yes. No, I, I loved, I loved, I've got three daughters and uh, one son. And so, I mean, you know, by normal standards, we're a large family, not quite as large as you, obviously, but um, four, four kids is, you know, might as well be seven <laughs> for, for some people. <laughs> you know what I mean? feels that way uh, to, from the outside looking in, but I loved that movie. Mm. Just the, yeah. the way they were so... Uh, it wasn't an idyllic picture. It was. It was. Uh, they. They. They would get on each other's nerves and fight, and you know, physically, you know, uh, get into altercations. But also, there's a lot of love, and um, I, I really loved that movie. So yeah, I love. There's a great moment in it where 
all of the girls and the mom rush into Lori and his father's house. Mm -hmm. And there's the tutor there Mm -hmm. and they're just watching bemused Mm -hmm. as these girls rush in and they're all talking over each other and everybody is everywhere. And then they all rush out again. And there's a pause there while these three men sort of look at each other with this expression of, what just happened? Yeah. But they're delighted that it <laughs> yes, happened, yes, but yeah, they don't yeah. know what it was. Yeah, they do. <laughs> That's, That's great. A perfect way of describing that. That's too. great. Well, this yeah. actually pertains to what we wanted to chat about today, Ty. We often solicit feedback or questions mm-hmm. um, with um, email, you mm-hmm. know, and some people connect to us through social media, and you did. And I, we recorded a podcast a few weeks ago where I made this careless, uh, which is, I don't know, most of the... My speech can be careless. Uh, I made a careless joke about homemaking, and Ty reached out, and she was like, hey, as a homemaker, <laughs> let me just tell you, yeah. uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, can, so Ty, uh, we, we, we invited you to come on the podcast to talk about what it means to be somebody who's learning to experience God always present at work in the midst of seven kids homeschooling you know, and making a home. So yeah. t- tell yeah. us a little bit about, just to start, tell us a little bit about, like, was this, did you see this happening when you were like, you know, 18? Is this what you were dreaming oh, about? No, I actually was going to be a starving artist in Green- Greenwich Village oh, was wow. the plan initially. Yeah. We joke in our house when I got, when we got married, I registered for one place setting. So, you know, four, you could feed four people and one set of silverware. Uh And because why would we ever have anyone other than one other couple in our house? This would never happen. (laughs) um, I was going to have no children. And this is something my mom reminds me of regularly with Uh, a lot of laughter. Oh, my goodness. That the plan was zero children. Yeah. And I thought homeschooling was preposterous. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this it, is a big shift, a big, a big, a big transformation shift. for you. What's yeah. funny is this my was a big shift. my wife grew up dreaming about owning an orphanage because she loved kids so much. Hmm. And after two, she was like, "That's it, <laughs> That's it. No we're more done." <laughs> Almost the ex- uh, exact opposite. Okay, so you were going to be a starving uh-huh. artist in New York City, yes. and yeah. you got married. And yep. what, like, what ha- what changed? Well, I was in grad school, and as I was going to, this is a delightfully useless degree of medieval studies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess if you want to be a LARPer, yeah. that it would be perhaps useful. <laughs> it would be perfect. Yeah. Um, no, I was, I wanted to be a college professor. This is what I wanted to do okay, at that yeah. point. Yeah. And so as I was getting in and looking at the academic world and realizing most of the professors had had to give up everything to pursue this. They Mm. had no relationship with their, their children, their marriages. If they were still married, were under a lot of strain. Mm. And I looked at that and I thought that is just not actually what I want. So kind of seeing the opposite made me realize that I actually was desiring to be more family focused. I see. And so then over time, as you know, we made the decision to start having children, and sort of once that started, it never stopped. 
hasn't stopped yet. <laughs> hasn't yeah. stopped yet. You're yeah. on a good run. Let's, let's have another. We're on a good run. We're on yeah, a good yeah. run. They're good kids. Yeah. And so then you you and your husband get married. You start having kids. And you, you mentioned in the last several uh, years having gone through sort of a a shift. So we're in a series right now talking about deconstruction. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned one of the things that's that's kind of been happening to you. You guys recently shifted mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. one church to another. Uh, mm-hmm. Could you just describe maybe the beginnings of that and how you guys... Yeah. It's, really, it's not easy to leave a church. No. Um, and <laughs> no. so, uh, and when you have seven kids, people know you're gone. So could mm-hmm. you just... Maybe tell that story a little bit and what led what yeah, led you guys Yeah. Leaving. When we moved to Toledo, I I feel like as a young couple, we were just really desperate for direction. You know, we wanted somebody to tell us this is how you be married, this is how you function. And mm-hmm. so we ended up in a church that had very uh strong messages about that. And as we began having children, it it was a very they were very family oriented, a lot of emphasis on submission and authority at all levels of the structure. And there was, there was a real confidence to the teaching that said, um, you know, if you do this, if you follow this path, this will be the outcome. And we wanted good things for our marriage and our family. And, and they, the message was consistently, you know, do this and everything will turn out fine. And so we really committed to that. They gave you exactly Over. what you were looking for. Like, give us yes. some direction. Give us a yes. guarantee that things are going to be okay. And they yeah. said, yes, things will be okay if you do this. Yes. And then, uh, you know, both of us began to have some, you know, just concerns about uh, authority as, well, I think you guys have mentioned on the podcast in the past, this idea of authority as the ability to make somebody do something and mm. then using that to produce an outcome. Mm. And, you know, separately we were, my husband was looking a lot into the early church fathers. Hmm. So he was being given a different picture. And yeah. I was, I had been challenged through a study to read the gospels repeatedly for an entire year. Oh, wow. You know, so don't start at Genesis and try to work your way through, but just take a year to read the gospels. Hmm. And the more I read in the gospels and the more I looked at Christ, the more I realized that this system of authority did not represent what I was seeing in Christ. Huh. And so your so your studying the Bible helped you helped you deconstruct your Bible church. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure it's supposed to work that way, but that's what happened. That's Interesting. So okay. Then, yeah, so then yeah. what happened? You you guys are both sort of tunneling into this awareness from you know, two different places, but it comes, yeah. you, you begin to have language to name some questions and concerns. Take us from there. Right. Right. So as we were kind of working through those questions and concerns, uh, my husband was reading very intensely James K. Smith. I don't know if you guys are yeah, sure. familiar with yeah. him and slipped me a copy of you are what you love. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, like on the slide. Yeah. Under the pew on, on the Sunday. Slide. Don't tell anybody you're reading this. I'm just Don't tell pastor. Put this on your stack because we right. talk about this a lot. Yeah. Oh, okay. So and then you just reach you for a book. Kind of a, yeah. <laughs> oh, here reach it for is. a random book. What am I reading? <laughs> Incredible. Sorry, I so just like the, the way you the said that. The vision that Smith puts forward is was radically different, you know, from a perspective of worship hmm. and formation. That's right. Towards something that 
is based in love rather than compulsion. Hmm. And the more we looked at that and the more we talked about it, the more we were desiring that. And so then the question became, you know, which tradition is going to allow us space to work through some of this deconstructing, reconstructing while giving us solid formational practices and principles. And that's how we ended up at an Anglican church an hour away from us. Yeah. So you guys, they drive, you guys drive an hour away now to go to church. Mm -hmm. Just to say this, I mean, um, there's a lot of traditions that could provide what you're describing, Ty, but for you guys, the Anglican tradition worked best. Yeah. So uh, how long ago was that shift? Uh, I think it's, it's coming up on about two years now. Well, we, Mm left the church that we were in about three years ago and it took us about a year to find somewhere that we felt hit all of the marks. Sure. And leaving that church, was it fine? Did they sort of just say, God bless you, make sure you send us a Christmas card? (laughs) It it had some complications. Yeah. yeah. That can be tricky. It, it, yeah, it can be tricky. I, I think in my experience, the more powerful the message is that this is the way and and the more we define ourselves by holding to this particular set of principles, when somebody chooses to do something different or chooses to leave that group, it it feels like a condemnation. Yeah, there's to no the other people who are still there. Yes, there's no other way to interpret it when when you're when you so tightly define what's right. Yeah. Anybody any anybody who moves outside that boundary. You know, it feels like they're wrong, but it also feels like they're telling you that you're wrong because you must be yeah. moving. It's like a really fragile way of holding your faith. Yes. Where and like, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I was really touched by um, Ellen Jacobs yep. said something to the extent of finding people who are like hearted rather than like minded. Mm-hmm. And that's been kind of a driving theme in figuring out which relationships. Yeah have continued how to form strong relationships, yeah. not looking for everyone to have the same theological and social viewpoints, but beginning with a heart yeah. that is compassionate yes. and willing to listen. Mm. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. A lot of wisdom in that. That's, that, is, uh, that is beautiful. So two years now driving an hour away to go to church. Have, have, yep. you, have you found what you're looking for? <laughs> <laughs> we have, you know, I, it was, it was really interesting. The first Sunday that we were there, we walked in and they announced that they were going to be doing a C.S. Lewis conference. Mm. And it was this immediate feeling of, well, hello, these are the people we have been looking for. And um, medieval studies, anyone? (laughs) (laughs) Medieval studies. Yes. The whole time that we were searching, I was listening a lot to Sandra McCracken. Oh yeah. And, uh, found her to be a great encouragement to me and in particular just really loving the Trinity song. And in my mind, that was Mm. this ideal vision of worship can be simple and beautiful Mm. and formative and Trinitarian and our confirmation Sunday, they had never done this before, but the Sunday of our confirmation, we open up the bulletins and that's what they're singing for communion worship. Mm -hmm. And it was just this, beautiful moment of mm. here we are it's been a hard road but god has led us into a broad and green place yeah yeah that's so, so cool that is really cool yeah. can 
Can I ask a question about how, how old were your kids when you made that transition? Oh, so our oldest was nine. Mm-hmm. And the next one was probably seven or eight. Okay. So um, the question I want to ask is how, how did that move affect your kids? Um, and how did you guys kind of walk them through that and handle that? Because I, I think this is, uh, I really, uh, I like this, uh, yeah, I'm just liking this idea that as we deconstruct, there, there's, there's leadership we have to provide. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like the idea that we're talking about, you know, this is the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Um, and, you know, despite, <laughs> Matt, your joke about homemaking, like, yeah. it's one of the most difficult leadership uh, tasks there is, I think, is making a home um, when you've got these, you know, especially when you have so many children, you know? Um, and so how, how did that affect your children and how, how have you guys uh, walked through that with them? It was really difficult. The church where we were hmm. was high involvement. Okay. So I, it would be safe to say that every aspect of our lives as a family was centered around this church. Hmm. They had been going to school at a homeschool supplementary program there uh, Awana Bible study, mom's group, vacation mm. Bible school. I mean, you name it, we were doing it there. Wow. Yeah. And their entire circle of friends was there. Hmm. It was extremely immersive, which I suspect in retrospect was more or less intentional. Sure. And when we left, it was, it was very challenging for them. Hmm. And the way the way that we were able to open the conversation was by trying to consistently point to God is calling our family towards something different. Hmm. And so that, that continued throughout the whole process to be the language we tried to use Yeah, that he's calling us towards something. There's something better for our family, for the way our family functions that he wants to use to form us, to make us stronger to make yeah. us more like Christ. Yeah. So just trying to keep a vision ahead of them for what we were doing. This podcast is brought to you by Gravity Leadership Academy, our 10-month online training intensive for Christian leaders who want to root their life and leadership in God's love and bring lasting transformation to their culture. In Gravity Leadership Academy, you'll learn the real-life practicalities of how to notice God's presence and activity in and around you, so you can participate more fully in God's life and mission, and open up space for those around you to do so too. We've worked really hard to make this training in missional leadership practical and doable. To find out more about Gravity Leadership Academy, visit gravityleadership.com academy. That's really encouraging. Rather than just saying, "Well, mom, we don't we don't like that church anymore." You like basically like mom and dad want to go to a different church, so you're you're along for the ride, you know. Or I, I can imagine other um, families feeling like, "Man, my our kids are so plugged in here. Mm-hmm. Like we can't. We'll just we'll just swallow our you know what I mean? Like our dislike mm-hmm. of this just for the kids' sake." And you can kind of say it's for the kids' sake, but really, yeah. you know, there's like a numbing of conviction that you can do sort of just out of not wanting to have that those challenging conversations with your kids who are going to be disappointed that they're yeah. going to leave you're basically moving in in essence you're like while 
Basically, you guys moving churches was the same kind of experience as a lot of people moving to a different city, mm-hmm. because the the whole social thing changed for them. It's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, well, let's connect this then to your life as a homemaker. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, by the way, the, our journey started very similarly when I got when I was getting married to my wife. We were going mm-hmm. to move to New York City. I was going to be an artist in New York City. Uh, and then there were times before that that I thought I was going to be a college professor. So the only difference is uh, I'm I'm not currently a homemaker with seven children. But Ty, you are. And yeah. um, what I know about certain authoritarian, rigid churches is like the sort of ideal Christian woman mm-hmm. has seven children and never leaves the home. You know, other than maybe to bring the baked goods to church. Right, mm-hmm. so like you, so you have this interesting sort of, you're sort of, you're sort of the, you're you're sort of the ideal like authoritarian wife, right? In what you're doing, your vocation, but you've yeah. left that kind of uh, spirituality or Christianity behind, but you're still doing this homemaking thing. So tell me about like, you know, the the college professor artist who now is seven kids and homemaking and child making, you know, doing homeschool. Like, what what's that like for you? What's it's it's challenging. I have a quote. Can I read a quote? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. It's a quote from a, a Catholic thinker. She's the wife of a philosopher. Her name is Alice von Hildebrand. Ooh. And I love that she says, it is high time that women rediscover the beauty and dignity of the home, which should be a place of love, rest, and unity. It is the place where children know that they are loved. We all crave to hear, I am glad that you exist. Alas, I know more than one person who has never heard this sweet music. Unless one discovers that God not only loves one, but has loved one from all eternity, it is inevitable that one will have to fight against despair and possibly self-hatred. Wow. All right, now I want to be a homemaker. (laughs) That's beautiful. For me, that... That having that rich vision of home as a place, not just of retreat from the world, but of formative safety and acceptance is really beautiful. And I think it allows the view of homemaking to be vastly expanded beyond uh, homeschooling seven children Mm -hmm. into everything that goes into making a home in whatever realm you're being called. And it's not just, you know, us and the seven children in a house. It's anyone who comes into the home can hear the same message. You are loved. We're happy that you're here. You know, we want you to feel safe and welcome here. We want to extend to you the same love and grace we show our children. Yeah. So, so it's, not a re- it's not a restriction for you. Right. It's not a rule that it's like, I, there's homemaking is the only thing I'm allowed to do. Homemaking is freedom. There's a, vis- there's a wide open field of vision for you in terms yeah. of th- this is a calling. This is a, uh, a conviction. This is a ministry that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, I think there are kind mm. of, like with anything, there are ditches on either side of the road. Mm-hmm. And as I've experienced it, there's either the ditch of having a low view of home of homemaking, yes. which is, you know, you do it when you can't do anything else, 
Right. You know, you do it because you women shouldn't be in the public sphere or right. um, hmm. or there's, you know, there's that it doesn't matter that you're just all these diapers and grocery runs, all of these things are essentially meaningless. Yeah. And that obviously leads to a lot of discouragement and distress. Or I would say that there's a limited view. They may have a high view, Mm -hmm. but it's a very limited one. So it can only look a Mm. certain way with the seven children and the never leaving home and the homeschooling. But I think if we take as our vision, living the love of Christ into the lives of people who come into the home you're able to expand that so much. And I think there are, there are women who are living the patriarchal vision of the perfect woman and their children don't know Mm -hmm. that they are loved from all eternity. And, and there are women like my mom who was at times a single mom worked more than full time. And yet there was never a day where I wasn't convinced of her love for me and Mm. by extension, God's love for me. So there's, And you can say that the father is every bit as involved mm-hmm. in communicating that love. And, you know, he is as much of a homemaker in a lot of ways mm-hmm. as I am. Because sure. He's yeah. speaking that same love into the children. Yeah. yeah. So, Matt, I think your dreams are coming true. I think you are a homemaker. I am. Actually. <laughs> I need to go tell my I wife. think I am too. Yes. Let's reclaim yeah. that. Recla- yeah. It's Seriously. A, it's a beautiful reclaim vision. That. Yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful vision that you've, that you've laid out. Ty, you're helping um, me. Yeah. Helping us. Can you maybe... Um, Maybe as we move towards wrapping up, uh, what are some, I mean, what you're describing, like uh, having a home of rest and love and support where kids don't, at like the core of their being, they understand I'm loved by mom and dad and I'm loved by God. Mm-hmm. Um, I think everyone would like put that on shiplap and hang it on their wall, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but how does that, you know, James Smith in his book uh, to be uh, on love that you just referenced earlier, talks about mm-hmm. practices like mm-hmm. thick practices or habits or rhythms mm-hmm. that help bring this reality just from a aspiration or intention into tangible, yeah. concrete reality. So do you have commitments or habits or rhythms in your family that you think communicate do that? We are working towards that. It's something we're passionate about. We're working towards it. I, I feel like with homemaking, you know, you'll have five days of really good formational habits. And then, you know, people come down with, the flu and everything sort of derailed. Yes. But uh, (laughs) I think a lot of it um, kind of takes two sides. There's mindfulness. And I think uh, Tish, Tish Harrison's book, Liturgy of the Ordinary talks about being mindful of how the rhythms that you're already doing are playing into that. And that's, that's very beautiful. So to, to be able to see how God is present and work in just the moments of uh, holding a child who's crying and hmm. giving them comfort or, you know, providing eight PB and J's at lunchtime. Yes. <laughs> so learning yeah. how God is present and at work. And I think especially that thinking about the verse, you know, whatever you have done to the least of these. So also you have done to me. Hmm. And if it, even if it's something as simple as a cup of cold water, when they ask hmm. for the 80th time that day, please can right. I have a cup of water? Yes. yes, I will give you this cup of water. And yes. to actually see what's happening in that moment is that you are serving Christ. Wow. So being able to redeem that by remembering 
And then hmm. I think, you know, practices like following the church calendar and uh, having daily prayer. We love uh, the collect for purity is something hmm. that we use a lot in our home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As something everyone can participate in. Yeah. Uh, Ty, I'm I'm hearing what I'm hearing you saying is like we spend a lot of time resisting reality mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we have in mind what we must get or have in order to be present with and to God, mm-hmm. right? So yep. um, if I could just get away from these kids asking me for water, or if I could <laughs> yeah. just get some silence, right? Yeah. Or um, if just uh, get through lunch, get through whatever, the PB and right? J's, and then I'll have lunch. a couple seconds to pray. Yeah. Or, and yeah. what you're what you're talking about is like maybe maybe we don't need to resist or wish away what is, maybe we can consent to the moment mm-hmm. and be present to God there in these really discreet, unspiritual, ordinary things like oh, yeah. making the sixth PB&J. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And I, I love that you think... Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think the material that's available to a lot of homeschoolers tends, or a lot of homemakers Mm -hmm. tends to be, you know, just variations of Proverbs 31 or the pink (laughs) passages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we just find new ways to explicate those, but Mm -hmm. adding fresh guilt for the 21st century. Oh, yeah. And, you know, here's another list of things that if you're doing it or not doing it, have you considered that it's sin? Uh, I think we're always looking for something that's going to fix. Yeah our lack of feeling spiritual about what we're doing mm. Mm. and, you know, wanting the comfort of those lists, the security of yeah. the how to's. Yes. Yeah. But I think like you're saying that it's really being, being mindful that these are as uh, Charlotte Mason says, whole persons. Yes. These small people are whole persons yes. and that we have to love them in a whole way. Yeah. Yeah. Not just looking at them from the perspective of outcome. Yeah. Or yeah, totally. Yeah. That's, that's really great. uh, Ty. It just, it, it uh, confirms for me, like one of the things that I've, one of the ways I've been growing in my homemaking um, is uh, (laughs) just like tucking my, my, I've got two high school girls who are still at home and tucking them in at night. Like I think my, Mm. my, like my automatic mindset that I have to intentionally be mindful and contemplative to, to move out of is that this is something to get done so that I can get on to what I want to do. You know, mm-hmm. my wife and I are going to watch a show together or, you know, if I just want to go to bed, you know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> just like tucking them in and getting them like, you know, and so when they ask for a drink of water, it's annoying to me. It's like, why didn't you think of this before? You're 15, yes. you know? Uh, like, why, you know, it's not hard. Wait, you know? are they still doing this at 15? Oh. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry to say. Well, it's <laughs> oh. actually, what I'm learning, what I'm oh, learning though, what I'm learning though is that it is a gift that they want me to tuck them in. Mm-hmm. It is a gift that they ask me for water because they're already yeah. tucked in and they're warm. And I get to give them a, a glass of water. We've got one, one kid who's, you know, he's out of the house, uh, launched, he's got a job. Um, and, you know, I don't get to, you know, he comes over to the house and I get to make food for him. And But he gets his own water at night. But he gets his own water at night. And this is, it's a gift that uh, my kids want me to tuck him in, that they want to say goodnight to me. And, it, and it's a gift uh, that I get to serve Christ mm-hmm. in them when they're thirsty mm-hmm. uh, or they need something. Just one more, yeah. one more back rub, Dad. You know, that kind of thing. So, yeah. Learning. Uh, I also it's noticed... Really helpful time. I also noticed too, Ty, that you talked about there's kind of two two ways you can go. There's one of like accumulating performance 
sort of benchmarks that kind of mm-hmm. come out of guilt. Like you haven't done enough, you're not doing enough, you're not good enough, you're too much of this, you're not enough of that. And mm-hmm. like you kind of mentioned sort of the trope of the Proverbs 31 kind of idealized <laughs> uh, woman who does everything. Um, I've, I've said this on the podcast before, but uh, Brene Brown, who's a shame researcher, has said that the, the tyranny most women live under is do it all, uh, do it perfectly, look uh, look good doing it. No, uh, hang on a second, Ben. Oh, I'm going to start over here. I know look good doing it's one of the do things. Do it all. Right, do it perfect. <laughs> do it perfectly. Mm. Uh, make it look effortless ah. and look mm. fabulous doing it. <laughs> well, and I would add to that, especially in some circles, uh, think correctly about it yeah. as well. It, it even goes all the way uh, down into your thoughts. You know, sure. if you're disappointed or if you're frustrated or if you're in any way uh, feeling unhappy yeah, that's something you have to take captive those thoughts and oh yeah it's you not can't okay think it's that way okay. you yeah. can't speak that way hmm. yeah and what so I hear, it goes all the way down yeah it goes all the way down what i hear you saying is like there's another path of walking not mm-hmm. centered in guilt but centered in love yeah where there's this freedom this permission this acceptance this consent to what is mm-hmm. and trusting that that is all that you need, what is, is all that you need to be with the God who's mm-hmm. present in a work. Yeah. And so there isn't a benchmark to hit. There's not a, I woke up five minutes late this morning and I committed to getting up at whatever so I could have three minutes of quiet time before six of my kids got up. And you're living out of that sort of guilt of that and trying to make up yeah. for it rather than like, um, you know, five days are great and then two days we get the coronavirus and everybody's down and, you know, like puking everywhere. And it's just, you know, like God is present at work here. And I think, I, I think I need to hear that today. I know uh, many of our listeners do too. So thanks for sharing time with us and your wisdom with us. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. I think it's, it's hard to surrender the outcome to the spirit. And that's one thing I find difficult is to really trust that it's not a matter of my systems. It's not a matter mm. of my methods. Yes. Even yeah. when I think they're great methods, that yeah. that's not what's going to bring about good things in my children. It's the Holy Spirit yeah. forming Christ in yeah. them is what's going to bring about good things. That's good. So. It's not a math equation. No. I, I have to say, equation. too, uh, just before we close, I think it is delightful that uh, we've heard your kids kind of walking in and out of the room, <laughs> giggling, laughing. There might have been a little bit of yelling, a little bit of fighting. I'm not sure. Uh, but I, I think it's delightful that we can hear in the background of your home, kind of you as you talk about your home. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's real. <laughs> um, Ty, I know, I know, we mentioned this already, but you, you are on Twitter. Do you want to give out your Twitter handle? Uh, sure. It's Matrimonified from a Gilbert and Sullivan musical. Uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah. Good luck finding that. Or you can just Google we'll TAI French. Yeah. Yes. TAI French. We'll put a link yep. to you in the show notes. I, yeah. I, I, I love reading your tweets um, and Thank your interactions you. online. Thanks for uh, teaching us today. Yeah. Um, well, of- thank you guys for having me. We've loved hearing what you guys are talking about and expanding the way we think and hmm. being free to ask questions. Yeah. Well, that's a great time. That's what we're doing here. Yep. That's it. All right, everybody. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Our show is produced by Ben Sternke, Matt Tebby, and Ben Hardman. Aaron Sternke does our mixing and mastering. You can check out his work at aaronsternke.com. If you find our podcast helpful, share it with your friends in person and on social media. 
And don't forget to rate and review us online as well as subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join our Gravity community for free at gravityleadership.com join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com join. And hey, we'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, make a comment, send us an idea, a recommendation, recipe, whatever. You can email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. Catch you next time. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately! Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.